Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us online here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, I'm joined by some of our team here at Rethink Life. And team, would y'all do me a favor? Would you give those that are watching us a round of applause and thank them for joining us at home? And we trust that you are having an amazing time. Let me just say, uh, we are super excited on this day for what this month of August is going to unfold. I believe with all of my heart, it's going to be a life-changing experience for you. And so uh, as I get ready to unpack everything that's getting ready to happen for the month of August, I want to pause here and I want to ask you a very personal question. This goes for all of you here watching as well. And that is this. Has anybody ever dared you to do something that you wish you would have never done? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I took a dare my junior year in high school. Still to this day, I deeply regret. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, I was actually with a friend, and at the time, I was living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So here I was in high school. We'd gone to a, a Dallas Mavericks basketball game, and we were actually driving my dad's car. He actually owned and drove a Corvette. So we were kind of like styling and profiling. I thought it was a really big deal for me getting to drive his Corvette. So here, my friend and I were driving back home from the basketball game. We're actually going down an interstate called Airport Freeway, right there in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And would you know it, there is a pickup truck that literally pulls up beside me and my friend, and the guy kind of gave me that look like, oh, you think you're driving a fast car? Well, you ain't got nothing on us, so we're in a pickup truck. And so this guy and his girlfriend kind of gave us the eye, and my friend, who's in the passenger seat, he said, Gage, are you going to take that from them? He said, dude, I dare you to smoke them. And here I was thinking, okay, what do I do? Well, of course, I took the dare and I put the pedal to the metal and we took off. We were flying down that freeway in my dad's brand new Corvette. And all of a sudden, it seemed like within a matter of seconds, I see these bright lights in my rear view mirror. Now, not only were there just one car, one set of bright lights, but now two sets of bright lights. And not only did they pull me over, they pulled the guy in the pickup truck over, and I just knew that I was getting ready to have an early funeral. I mean, I was just already sweating it out. I, I mean, I was just like, oh my goodness. And so when the police officer came up to the window, and he asked me to uh, get out of the car at this point, and he said, young man, do you know how fast you were going? I said, police officer, I really don't remember. He said, I'll tell you exactly how fast you were going. He said, I clocked you going 120 miles an hour. He And, and, I, and, I, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. He said, well, let me tell you something. He said, tonight is your lucky night. He said, because I'm going to give you a ticket 
for 105 miles an hour. And he said, I'll let you explain that to the judge. I thought to myself, man, thank you for showing me some grace because I had to go home now and tell my mom and dad that I got a speeding ticket for 105 miles an hour. So now you can see, while still to this day, I regret taking my friend up on that dare. Well, we've all done those dumb, what in the world were you thinking, you know, dares. You know what I'm saying? We all have those moments where we did something maybe we wish we wouldn't have done, where we kind of took a dare to do some stupid thing that we perhaps later regretted. Well, today I want to flip that because I want to talk to you about a different kind of dare. And I promise you, this kind of dare is not one that you're going to regret. As a matter of fact, I really believe that this dare, okay, is a dare that will ultimately change and transform your life forever. As a matter of fact, I double dog dare you to take this dare. And here's what we're starting today. We're starting a brand new series called The Prayer Dare. And here it is. It is a 30-day challenge where we're literally going to pray circles around our biggest dreams and our greatest fears. Now, I want you to think for just a moment. Imagine what God could do in your life and in my life if all of us collectively spent the next 30 days praying and asking God for breakthroughs in our lives. I mean, imagine the walls that could come down. Imagine the doors of opportunity that could be opened and the breakthroughs that we could personally experience in our lives and our families, maybe in our workplace and the lives of people that we know and love. Imagine what God could do, especially through his people, if we literally prayed for the next 30 days. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And that's exactly what this series is all about. We're going to take a 30-day journey together. It is a 30-day challenge that we're calling the Prayer Dare. And one of the things that we're going to learn is that God not only answers prayer, but I believe that when we pray, and we pray consistently, we pray passionately, and we pray, listen, with an attitude of belief and expectancy, I believe with all of my heart, God bends his ear to the prayers of his people. So I don't know what you're going through. I have no idea what, maybe what you're experiencing in this moment. Maybe you're watching today and, you know, you're in a difficult place. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you know someone who has been impacted by the coronavirus. Maybe, you know, you're going through some relational difficulties right now in your marriage. You know, there could be some setbacks that you've encountered in your life. But I do know this, that, you know what, sometimes those situations and circumstances can paralyze us. Sometimes those situations can be overwhelming at times. But let me tell you something, there's nobody, nobody in all the world that loves us. There's nobody that cares for us. There's nobody greater who wants to help us and get us through what we're going through than God himself. But what he wants and what he invites us to do is to take all of those cares, all those burdens and concerns, the things that paralyze us with fear. He wants us to live by faith and trust him to do what God promises that he will do in and through our lives. But here's the key. We have to be willing to ask for it. Now, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to learn today about the principle of circling in prayer. 
Now, one of the perhaps most powerful and memorable moments in my lifetime took place actually last year, last November. My family and I, we had the opportunity to go to uh, Israel. And it was a, an incredible moment. I'll never forget it. And I long to go back because it was so overwhelming. But one of the unique opportunities that really spontaneously opened up to us because of the guide who was actually our tour guide throughout this 10-day journey that we had the opportunity to encounter through the, through the Holy Land. It was an incredible experience. But we were just a few miles away from the oldest city in the world known as Jericho. And because it's an Arab nation and because, you know, there is a, uh, you know, obviously a lot of strong restrictions and, and even, you know, challenges, um, our guide, who was a former military, actually was still active in many ways in the military there in Israel. But she told me, she said, I have some friends that I can call. And she said, I might be able to get you in. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this is a 12-acre city, the oldest city in the world, and we had the opportunity through literally just God's grace and provision, the door of opportunity opened to us, and we were able to take about a 20-minute bus ride through the oldest city in the world known as Jericho. And as we drove through, man, I couldn't help but remember, and just in my own mind, imagine what God did through this amazing city. And I want to share with you exactly what took place in this place, in this city known as Jericho. Now, before I dive into that, let me give you a little context and set it up because I think it's important for you to understand exactly what God ultimately planned and purposed. And really, he had designed a place. He had created a place known as the promised land. Now, this is a place that God ultimately, it was a destiny that he had planned for his people to reside. And ultimately, it was a it was a place that, that God is going to ultimately set up his kingdom here on earth. Now, here's what's interesting is that God told Abraham, you may remember the story in the book of Genesis where God told Abraham, a man who was content with where he was in his life, but yet God told him, he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he called Abraham to literally leave his home and to walk away from everything he knew and to go to a place that he didn't even know where he was going. And God said, I'll show you when you get there. So God had promised him that he was going to give him this place known as the promised land. Well, fast forward 400 years later. You know, unfortunately, Abraham never got to see the promise fulfilled. And yet 400 years later, there is this period of silence. Not a whole lot was going on. And of course, then we know that over the course of time, the people of Israel became slaves in Egypt. And they spent 400 years in this place. You know, just the the, the challenges, um, just the, the hardships that they had to endure as slaves in Egypt until God finally used a man by the name of Moses to help free the people of Israel up. And so we know the story. They were, they were literally, they were released from Egypt. And so here they were just about a 10 to, you know, 11 day journey from Egypt to this place that God had promised known as the promised land. And yet once they were freed up there in Egypt, you know, what they could have done is they could have taken possession of the land. But again, they were still 
fearful. They still had doubts. They still had, you know, really the question whether or not God was going to make do on the promise that he had promised even to Abraham. So here we are centuries later. Here we are where, uh, you know, this, this, this time period, you know, had gone by generation after generation. And then God finally makes good on his original promise. He begins to do his work through a man by the name of Joshua. And Joshua was the successor to Moses. So Moses now has, has died. And now after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, okay, God takes Joshua and a remnant of people to finally take possession of this land that God originally had promised to Abraham. And so here's what's powerful in Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. So here's what God told Joshua to do. He wanted them, and this is after they had crossed the Jordan, and here they are getting ready to take possession of the land, but unfortunately, they had a place they had to conquer, and it was that first city, that first place that they had came upon, and it was the city known as Jericho. Now, Jericho was a fortified city. It was a, you can only imagine from a distance from where the people of Israel were, the people of Israel were, were as they looked across and they could only see perhaps the skyline, those, those city walls, if you will, of Jericho. And so you can only imagine how intimidating it must have been. And yet they're inching their way closer and closer to finally take possession of the land. And God gave Joshua specific instructions on what he wanted the people of Israel to do, the army of Israel. And, he begin, and we begin in verses 1 and 2 in Joshua chapter 6. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, and this is a key statement, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. Now, so think about this for a moment. Here they were, Joshua, the remnant of people who were finally beginning to see the reality of God's promise being fulfilled before their very, eye, before their very own eyes. At the same time, the closer they got to the city, and they saw how big and how vast Jericho was and how big the walls were, I'm sure the smaller they began to feel. And you remember what the people of Israel said, the children of Israel, they, when they went and spied, you know, initially there in the land, they came back with the negative report saying, there's no way we can take them. You know, we're like grasshoppers compared to them. So here's that moment of reality of the bigness, almost the, the impossibility of what God had asked them to do. And so here's what we have to understand, that what may appear to be impossible with us is possible with God. Yes. So I don't know what you're facing in your life right now that may seem as an impossibility. It could be a, a, a strained marriage relationship. And you're thinking it is, I don't know that we'll ever, you know, get on the same page. I don't know that we could ever, you know, work things out. There's so much water under the bridge and you know, there's so much anger and resentment toward one another. It could be maybe a wayward son or daughter. It could be maybe a financial challenge that you're facing in your life or a health crisis that you're going through right now. Whatever in your mind and maybe in your heart, that you are convinced is impossible, let me repeat that again, is possible with God. With God, Amen. all things are 
possible. So here's what I want you to here's what I want you to understand, and this is important because this is the significance of what actually was getting ready to happen. So the walls of Jericho consisted of a six foot lower wall and then a fifty foot upper wall. And so with the magnitude of the wall that basically encompassed the entire city, it also had a a mud-like brick, a thickness that basically made it almost impossible to penetrate through the walls. And so with that, it was truly on a human level an impossibility of what it was that Joshua was asking the people of Israel to do. But yet here were the instructions. And the instructions were... And this is a little bit unusual, okay? Because, I mean, this is not necessarily a warlike strategy that anybody would probably go and follow. But God told and instructed Joshua, he said, I want you to tell the people to walk around the city one time for six consecutive days. So here they are for six consecutive days. They're circling the city. And then on the seventh day, we pick up the the story in Joshua chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city now seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you this city. Now, what an incredible moment, because God had now given Joshua this promise. And that, and that was the simple fact that he was going to allow Joshua and the people to take the city, that they were going to conquer what, humanly speaking, was an impossibility. But once again, they did exactly what God told them to do. And because of their faith and because of their obedience and because of their willingness to do what God told them to do, the impossibility actually happened. And so in this moment, one of the things that always encourages me that I just encourage those of you that may be going through some difficulties right now, can I just give you a little hint? Here's a prerequisite to having, I believe, a breakthrough in your life. Praise always precedes victory. So let me just go ahead and tell you right now, one of the best things you could do is go ahead and give God some praise. Go, 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 go ahead and give him a little shout of praise in advance in faith, believing that God is going to give you a breakthrough and God is going to help you overcome what may appear to be an impossible situation in your life. And so with that in mind, here's my question to all of you, because God made good on a 400 year promise that he made to Abraham that now had been transferred from Abraham ultimately to Joshua. So Joshua's living the dream. He's living, he is, he is, he's experiencing the fulfillment of this 400 year promise that God had given to Abraham. And so now Joshua's living this moment because he did exactly what God had told him to do. So my question to you and to all of us is this. What's your Jericho? What is, what is your Jericho that you're facing right now? You know, I, I really believe that, um, you know, sometimes we, we have a tendency to, to think that, you know, our problems are so big that... It really is an impossibility to see 
maybe God move and act and maybe respond by answering prayers that we seem in our mind's eye to be completely overwhelming and impossible. But can I just remind you, before there was ever a miracle, there was first a problem. So you got to understand that God is in the miracle working business. Amen. So whatever problem that might be big and maybe even at times impossible for you is possible with God. Why? Because he's in the miracle working business. Because God is not intimidated by the bigness of your problems. What God wants you to do is to be willing to trust him to do what he promised promises that he will do. So here's the thing that I need to ask you once again. What is your Jericho? As I stated a few moments ago, maybe your Jericho, okay, that maybe you need to circle in prayer. Maybe that Jericho might be, again, a difficult challenge that you're going through in a relationship. Maybe your Jericho is for God to open a new door of opportunity for a job. Maybe it's a financial breakthrough that you need in your life. Maybe your Jericho is a lost son or daughter who does not have a relationship with God. Maybe your Jericho is a physical setback and you need healing in your life. Whatever your Jericho is, here's the thing that I want to remind you. God can do what you cannot do. In other words, listen, in your own way, in your own strength, or your own abilities, listen, you cannot solve your own problems. But let me tell you something. Once again, before there was ever a miracle, there is first a problem. And God wants to bring forth whatever miracle, whatever Jericho you want to see become a reality. He wants to make it good in your life. But we have to do what God has invited us to do. And that is to call upon him. That is to trust him. That is to walk by faith in him. Not by sight, but walk by faith, trusting God for the impossibilities in our lives. You know, you want to know what my Jericho is? I was, I was reflecting on this the other day. And um, I'll be honest with you, my Jericho, something that, and I'll, I'll tell a little bit more about this here in just a second, but my Jericho for me, is a, is a dream that God has placed in my heart, that God is going to give us land in Lake Nona that will become our permanent home, that will be a place that God will, will use for generations to literally see, listen, thousands upon thousands of people who put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's my Jericho. Now, to be honest with you, that seems so big. It seems so daunting. That just seems like an impossibility. But again, what may be impossible for us is a possibility with God. So with that in mind, here, you know, fast forward, okay? Fast forward a thousand years. This is insane. So fast forward a thousand years after those walls came tumbling down. So just to make sure I finish the story there, because when those, those priests, they, they sounded the, the, you know, the, the horns and, and man, they shouted what happened. Those walls came tumbling down. And of course we know the rest of the story. They conquered the city. And they began to take possession of the land. And they began to win battle after battle after battle. But here's the thing. A thousand years later, Jesus himself is now in Jericho. 
And now he finds himself walking away. He's now walking in the outskirts of Jericho, and he encounters a man who is actually, um, he, he's paralyzed. And so we see, excuse me, he's, he's not paralyzed. He's actually blind. And so he's paralyzed in his sight, but here he was, he's blind. You couldn't see. And so Jesus encounters the situation. And in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, let me pick up the story. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then some of the disciples said, be quiet. And some of the others in the crowd, as they yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come, to come over here. And so they called the blind man and they said, cheer up. They said, come on, he's, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. And this is so important. So listen carefully. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And he said, my rabbi, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And then instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. So there are two things I want to close today with that I think is so vitally important. And the first is this. If you have something to jot some notes down with, I encourage you to to write this down. Number one is that we need to define our Jericho. You need to define your Jericho. Listen, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your circumstances are. It could be a dream like I mentioned a few moments ago. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to define your dream. Define your Jericho. Maybe you need to define your fears. You see, if you can't, listen to this, if you can't name it, you can't claim it. Now, I'm not one of these, you know, name it, claim it guys. So I'm not going to, you know, I can't just walk, you know, you know, down, you know, the beach and see this, you know, multimillion dollar, you know, mansion on the beach and say, I'm going to claim it in Jesus name. And it's mine. No, I'm not going to do that. I can't go claim, you know, some fancy, you know, car or whatever material thing that's so cool that everybody wants. You know, it's not that kind of name it, claim it. I'm talking about it. I'm just talking about what's in your heart. What, what, what dream do you have? Or maybe what fear has you paralyzed? What is it that you are convinced is impossible? But listen, whatever that dream is or whatever that fear might be, I believe God wants you to circle that dream. God wants you to circle those fears. He wants you to circle them in prayer with proactive faith, believing just like that blind man. Listen, who had been paralyzed with no sight whatsoever. He couldn't see. But what was, his, what was in his heart? What was in his heart was the desire to want to see. He wanted to be able to live a normal life. He wanted to have sight. And he wanted to see this man named Jesus that people had been talking about. And so here this man was. He was able to find exactly what his Jericho was. And that was for him to have his sight restored. And so my challenge to you is, you know, just like the people of Israel and 
And Joshua, what was their Jericho? Their Jericho was 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 taking possession of the land. That was it. They they wanted to experience that land that was you know known as the as the scriptures teach you know filled with you know f- with with um, with milk and honey to to have the the prosperity and the and the provision that God had promised His people that they would have, and so. Their Jericho was to take possession. The Bartimaeus, the blind man, his Jericho was so that he could have his his sight restored. And so whatever your Jericho is, I'm just telling you, you've got to come into a place in your life where you're willing to define and name exactly what you you want God to do in and through your life. And then the second thing we need to do is that we not only need to define our Jericho, but we need to claim our promise. Do you realize there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000 promises. And already, vast majority of those promises have already been fulfilled. In other words, these are prophecies that have already been fulfilled through the Word of God. And so every one of those promises, listen, that we can search the Scriptures through and we can hold on to, can virtually become an anchor and can literally can, can become, if you will, that, that, that rock that, that we can plant our lives upon because we know that that word. Listen, God's promise, it will never return void, that God is going to make good on what he's promised that he will do, that he can and will accomplish in us and through us if we give him a chance. So here's the thing. Listen, the faith to believe God is so important because if without faith, what does the scripture say? It is impossible to please God. You know what my um, Jericho is that I mentioned a few moments ago is really from a promise that God gave me in my heart. So it wasn't just a name it, claim it thing. It truly was a promise that God put in my heart. And let me give you that specific promise today. When Michelle, my wife, and I uh, moved from Texas to Orlando uh, over 20 years ago, uh, we really had no idea that this was the place that God was going to bring us. We had no idea that we would be doing what we're doing in this place known as Orlando, Florida. We had no idea. We knew that God had called us to plant a church, but we didn't know where. And through the invitation to come to Orlando, uh, we came, we toured the city, uh, we met with some people, and uh, we were at a very important, really a crucial decision-making moment. And I was really seeking the Lord's will, because honestly, what made most sense to me on the human level was to stay in Texas. That's where our family was. That's where our comfort was. That's where our sense of security was. We had just built our dream home. We thought we were going to be there forever. And I was really torn in my spirit about what God was doing and ultimately what he had destined for our lives. And I never forget getting on the airplane. And as we took off, as we began to reach more altitude, as we were flying over the city of Orlando, I was actually searching the scriptures. And I ran across Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in the window seat. And as I looked out the window, here's what God said to me. And it was the promise he placed in my heart. In verses 6 and 7 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. And then here's what God used. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water. 
And as I'm looking out the window, I see nothing but pools of water because Orlando is known for all of its little pools of water, all the sinkholes, what we call lakes here in in central Florida. I was seeing nothing but literally bodies of water. And in that moment, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, this is the place that I'm calling you into. And it was a promise. You know what? We've been at it for 20 years, and I've never forgotten that promise. And I believe with all of my heart that God is going to make good on his promise. And so my Jericho is having land that God will give to us that we will have one day and we will see generations impacted by the, for the glory of God with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So my question to you once again is what's your Jericho? And the bigger question is, are you willing to circle your Jericho in prayer? Are you willing to take a 30-day journey in prayer called a prayer dare? As a matter of fact, I dare you once and for all, if you've never done this before, to take the challenge and for the next 30 days, call upon God through prayer and watch what he does. What do we have to lose? I mean, think about it. What do we have to lose to pray and ask God and believe God for the impossibilities in our lives? What does James 4, 2 says? You don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. I don't want to be guilty of keeping all of these dreams in my heart. I don't want to be guilty of circling my Jericho, but yet not really believing or even asking God to give me Jericho. So at some point, we've got to have the faith to ask God to perform the miracle, to provide for the need, to overcome the problem or setback of whatever it is that we're facing in our life. James 2.14 says it this way, if people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. So listen, at some point, we have to be willing to go all in with God. And that's my challenge to you. My challenge to you, in fact, I don't, it's not a challenge. I'm daring you today if you're watching this. It's a prayer dare. It's a 30-day challenge to go all in with God for 30 days. Listen, what have you got to lose? What? Listen, what is the worst thing that could happen by praying for 30 days? I mean, if anything, the best thing could happen, the breakthroughs could happen, the miracles could happen, the transformation that could happen, the reconciliation and restoration that could happen— Imagine what could happen in our country. Imagine what could happen in the world. Imagine what could happen in your home and your marriage with your kids. Imagine what could happen in your workplace. Imagine what could happen with your neighbors if we just simply call and ask God to do the impossible through our lives. So circle our Jericho, Jericho until God moves, until he acts and he intervenes and accomplishes those things that only God can accomplish. So 30 days, I'm inviting you to join me. In fact, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to text that number on the screen. Just text me right now and say, I, I just, just, just put prayer there, okay? Just text the words prayer there. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you a little PDF. It's a prayer journal that we've put together. And it has scripture verses. I literally have handpicked 
30 verses of scripture that we've put together in a prayer dare, and I want you to start claiming those promises. I want you to start standing on God's word. I want you to start praying God's word. I want you to start believing God's word, and I wanted to ask you to take it a step further. I want to challenge you to get two or three individuals to go in with you, to take the prayer dare and the 30-day challenge together. Why? Because there's power in numbers where two or three are gathered together in his name. God shows up. Listen, the Bible says two two of you will agree on earth touching anything that they shall ask. It will be done for them of our Father who is in heaven. So let's, listen, let's take the challenge. Let's take the dare. This is a dare that you'll never forget. And it's a dare that you'll never regret. So I challenge you today. Let's go all in with God. And let's see what God will do. And I'm going to walk you through how to pray so that you can get answers to those prayers over the next 30 days. So let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, can I just say that if you are a follower of Jesus and maybe you have seen God move in the past, And maybe you contribute the fact that God moved because you did ask God. You did pray. You did press in. Well, listen, I believe the best motivation for for, for praying is answered prayer. And so if God has answered prayer in the past, what makes you think he's not going to answer prayer in the future? And so I just want to encourage you today to go all in with this 30-day challenge. And then for those of you... You know, maybe you're unclear, you're uncertain about where you stand in your own relationship with God. Can I just say this? The most important prayer you could ever pray right here, right now, in this moment, is to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. You say, I don't even know how to pray. Well, I'm going to help you in a prayer. In fact, in Romans 10, 13, the scripture says, For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right here, right now, you can call upon Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Can I help you do that? You can pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I I, I confess to you that I am a sinner, and I believe that Jesus died and he arose again. And today, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then, I want you to look at me. Listen, you just made life's greatest decision. You just prayed the most important prayer that you will ever pray. And if you just prayed that prayer, I'd love to know. Would you do me a favor? Would you just text me on that number there on the screen? Just say, hey, I prayed the prayer. I decided. And we'll shoot you a little form. It'll take you just a second to fill it out. And if you'd be so kind to shoot that back to us, just make sure you get it back to us. And what I want to do is I want to send you a little booklet we put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. And we're also going to send you the Prayer Dare Prayer Journal, okay, if you'll text that same number. So there's two things that we're going to send to you, a little PDF form that you can get instantly that I promise you will be two opportunities for you to grow and accelerate your faith and see God move in ways unlike you've ever experienced before. Listen, I dare you, text that number and see what God will do. Hey, I love you. Can't wait to experience week two in the prayer dare. Make sure you spread the word, invite some friends to join us during this prayer dare 30-day challenge. Well, thanks again for listening. 
To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.